I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Ron Traficanti on the line. He's the Vice President over at Resolute AI. Ron, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Adam, and thank you for having me on your show today. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Resolute AI. Um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in your career and in business? Well, here's here's kind of the, the kicker. I know a lot of your guests on the show are, you know, from a business background, but my background was entirely different. I actually started off as a complete science geek and, um, you know, ended up really wanting to have a career in academia. So uh, I ended up coming into business kind of through a much more circuitous path than most of your guests. Um, did and ended up doing an undergrad degree in physics and graduate degree in physics. Um, always had a fascination with science. Some of my earliest memories of some of the best presents I ever got from my parents were a telescope, a microscope, and an electronic set. And uh, so through high school was kind of the, as my wife called me, the king of the nerd herd. Uh, <laughs> ending up moving into the into the college years, uh, or past the college years, ended up uh, doing an internship at the Department of Defense and worked on some really cool stuff there. And most of my stuff, you know, up through the 1990s was really in defense-related technology dealing with communication systems and radar. Uh, with kind of the peace dividend of the 1990s, I ended up going to work for a great San Diego company called Qualcomm and moving into the commercial sector, again, still very heavy in the telecommunications area, and really met some of the giants of the telecommunications and technology industry there. Uh, one was Andrew Viterbi, who was the founder, one of the co-founders of Qualcomm, and uh, it was really interesting to have a conversation with him in the late 1990s when Qualcomm started divesting themselves of their handset division and their infrastructure division. And as a, you know, kind of mid-level engineer, I was wondering, well, gee, why are we doing all this? And as it turns out, he, you know, this was a harbinger really of a lot more to come in my career. And he said, well, you know, we're not really interested in building all that. We're built, interested in the chips and the intellectual property, which hmm. was, you know, Kind of an interesting segue that he gave, he gave given that the next probably half of my career really was an intellectual property. So after leaving San Diego, came up to Seattle and worked for a string of IPOs. Um, another one was called Adaptix. They uh, ended up building a patent portfolio that ended up selling for in the nine figures. And again, this kind of was a another kind of harbinger of, wow, you know, patents are really pretty cool. So come around uh, the mid-2000s, uh, ended up having a call from a recruiter who said, you know, very mysterious, and it almost reminded me of DOD days, uh, where saying, well, gee, you know, we have this really interesting, you know, position in wireless technology, but you have to sign an NDA before we'll actually tell you who the company is. And ended up being a company called Intellectual Ventures. Uh, which was a private equity fund that was uh, roughly about $7 billion. 
And the whole idea was buying patents in one of the funds, and then in some of the other funds, it was actually doing internal invention. I'll get to that a little bit later. But at least with the buying of the, of the intellectual property, we became known as one of the world's largest patent holds. So the monetization strategy was to actually go out and license the patents and assert them. Um, the second half of my career was spent at, at, at Intellectual Ventures, anyways, was spent in a fund called the Invention Science Fund, where we got to sit around with some really cool inventors. So our founder was Nathan Nervold, who was the chief technology officer at Microsoft. So, you know, about once a month, they'd get together with people like Bill Gates and some pretty big name inventors who, are, who have been on the short list of the Nobel Prize and just basically jam on technology and coming up with patents. So, you know, this whole time, of course, this was kind of the third iteration of my career where it really moved into very heavily into the whole idea of patents and what their value is to businesses. And, you know, that ended up bringing me also towards where I am today at Revolut. Wow, what a what a story, and I love it because you, as you said, you, you didn't necessarily go out thinking. You you started out really on the intellectual side in terms of um of um going thinking completely academic in academia, and then you kind of were co- coerced, we'll say, into the business side of things, <laughs> um, which now brings you to this whole other platform. And what I love about this though is that there used to be this choice to where you had to go 100% academia or you had to go business and one made money, one didn't. And now that line is just so much more blurred just due to technology and the way things are distributed that um, in my opinion, um, I'll use your words or your wife's words, was it the king of the nerd herds? I mean, those are the rock stars now. Those are the ones that are that are making innovation. I mean, look at Elon Musk, right? I mean, come on, that's the, one, of the, one of the top nerd herds out there, right? I mean, he's doing some amazing yeah. things, but and, and he was um, you know, and they're doing it with the power of their brain, obviously, with the power of being able to bring people together and a lot of other things. So I don't want to glance over anybody's accomplishments um, either way. But um, you can see how, like, society is changing towards that. Like, that's the cool thing now, the software engineer or the other thing. I just think it's really yeah, – it, it bodes well. I, I'm, I'm excited to age in this in this world where there's a lot of smart people thinking about ways to make uh, my life and everyone else's life better. Um <laughs> So if so, Ron, there's some younger um, um, listeners on here that are maybe a, you know a couple of years out of out of college, or maybe they're just getting out of college, and they might be thinking about going this this route of like patents and innovation. Um, what kind of advice would you give them in the current marketplace and the kind of going that route and pursuing that as a career? Well, you know, I think it's probably still one of the most exciting areas. It, it's constantly changing and constantly mutating. So. You know, careers, for example, when when I started in technology, you know, if you had a basic knowledge of Fortran and had a technical degree, you could get a job. That's changed immensely over time. So as technology has evolved, which, you know, keeps doubling every 18 months by Moore's Law, you know, it's, it's just one of these things that's constantly evolving. That even if they're just out of college, you know, just continuing and continuing with their education and continually updating their skill set to remain competitive within the environment. The other part I think that's really interesting is manufacturing has become more, you know, something that's offshored. You know, the whole idea of invention and actually staying very heavily in technology and staying ahead of it and really understanding what's going on in technology, not only for 
you know, the, the, the tech geeks like myself, but also for the business people to gain insights into what's going on in technology and where their competition is, is becoming more and more crucial. And this is kind of where it's become interesting where artificial intelligence has started becoming a tool that's being used not only by technologists, but by business people as well for business intelligence and also then leveraging on that. The patent data set, you know, it's pretty much a, you know, an inventory of everything that's been invented and all of the technology that's being designed throughout the world. Great way to actually see where things are going, where competition is going, where technology is moving. That's awesome. Um, let's uh, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get more into what you're doing over at Resolute AI. Uh, so what kind of projects are you working on over there? So I actually am the vice president of, of intellectual property products. So I focus very heavily on the patent database. And one of the things that actually brought me to Resolute was the fact that, you know, most, well, just to give you an example, patents are very, um, how should I say, very abstract in their nature. So there's there's that old saying, you know, how a optimist says a glass is half half full, a pessimist says it's half empty. Well, a patent lawyer actually would say a liquid which essentially bisects an open cylindrical container. So not very easy to understand by, you know, just an average person unless you've studied patent law or really in depth into patents. So Resolute has developed a platform based on deep learning and machine language and artificial intelligence, which integrates a lot of different databases together, the patent, da patent database being one, but also in conjunction with tech transfer offices where universities are constantly doing research and then licensing out their opportunities, uh, pharma clinical trials, government grants, financial data, and integrating all of this under the umbrella of artificial intelligence. So things like patents, which use very strange language to most people, artificial intelligence actually allows that to be digested and learned by artificial intelligence and the algorithms that we implemented and be able to pop out what is the actual concept behind that patent and be able to make it more interesting for a broader audience. Like, you know, it used to be just patent lawyers were interested in patents. But, you know, it's a really great tool. For example, if you looked at what patents did, you know, Amazon file in 3D printing, and then you start understanding, for example, where Amazon might be going in, you know, two, three, four, five, maybe even 10 years out in the future. So the platform, what I'm doing there is really kind of saying, how do we leverage patents as a data source along with all of the other data sources we use to present insights not only technologists or patent lawyers, but also to business people in helping them make decisions and garner more information about you know, what the competitive landscape looks like. Oh, that's awesome. No, I completely get it. And it may, and the more digestible you make it, I mean, I had a client once who his whole 
his whole um, where he got all his ideas were, were from from the patent office. He, he essentially worked with a certain amount of patent lawyers that would source deals for him. And, and whenever when something interesting came through, that you know the person was willing to make an introduction, and it all worked out. That 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 was his um, thing. But he didn't. He told me up front. He's like, I can't read these things. Like these. <laughs> like I love the idea. I love having the constant pipeline. But like the only way that you could possibly set up a model like this in the past. So I mean, he was probably doing this what early 2000s. So the only way that he could set up um, a model like this to be able to digest and, to, you know, vet and see, you know, a lot of data in terms of different types of patents was to have a pretty extensive network of patent attorneys um, feeding him potential deals. Um, but now with what you're doing, I can see, you know, that's, that's huge for innovation, especially and, and hugely great for inventors also. I mean, the universities and everyone, wow, it's, it's pretty amazing that you'll make it in, in, at some point, like, just digestible to, common, to the common business owner that was, that's out there um, looking for deals and other things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's really revolutionary. I mean, a lot of the search engines that, you know, have been done in the past use what's called lexical search. So mm -hmm. you have to really use exactly the terminology that's used in the patents and understand kind of you know, patent lawyer language, which is yeah, not that not. accessible to most people. Yeah. Um, so now you can say, you know, glass, you know, glass half full of water, and it actually yep. come up with that 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 weird patent language that I came up with as an example. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like Google making it and the Google as an original search engine, allowing people to actually get what they want, which is how they you know won that war, right? Versus some of the other search engines that were not really on board with that, you had to be a little bit more exact in your search um, for it to feed you the information, which obviously nobody is. So that hence we have Google, right? <laughs> yep, Adam, you hit it. You hit the nail absolutely on the head, and one of our the, the CEO of my company actually says, we want to be the Google of technology. Absolutely. And not just the technologists. I mean, for business as well, where technology and business really has converged so much. No, that's perfect. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so, Ron, if somebody's listening to this and if they want more information on Resolute AI, what's the best way for them to get it? Probably the best way is at the Resolute AI website. So that's that's um, one method. Or I'm also on LinkedIn, Ron Trafficanti, and you know I'm completely open to any outreach that people want to do to learn more. That's awesome. Well, hey, Ron, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling us more about your background and experience and also the great work you're doing over at Resolute AI. Uh, and to the audience, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Ron, thanks again for coming on the show.